Praise the name of the Lord. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord one more time and let's praise Him. Hallelujah. Come on, praise Him. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. We had a divine visitation here just a few moments ago. If you're not aware of that, the Lord stepped into this place. Amen. The Almighty moved in this place. I think we need to take a moment to recognize that the Lord's here right now. Amen. He is here right now. He's not going to show up after a while. He's already here. Amen. Reach over and grab somebody by the hand and let's pray with one another right now. Holy Ghost, we love you tonight and we praise you for your wonderful mercy to us all. Praise your mighty name tonight, Lord. We love you. We magnify you, Lord. We exalt you tonight, O oh God. Help us, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? Isn't the name of Jesus beautiful? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There's a word in Scripture that you will find quite often as you go through the Bible. And it is one of the most powerful words of promise that you will find concerning God and His relationship with us. And that word is restore. I love that word. Amen. I love where Joel spoke of him restoring the years that the canker worm hath devoured, the caterpillar, and all of those destructive things that had gone on in Israel's life. God was going to restore them. It's what David prayed for after he had failed so miserably that God would restore the joy of his salvation to bring it back, to revive it. I got to looking that word up and I was amazed. I was overwhelmed literally. In the, the Hebrew text in, in the interpretation of that word, it means... To so, so many things, but just a few of them, when it talks about restoring, it first of all speaks of turning us back, not to the point of beginning, but to where we were so we can continue in our journey, that something in life has knocked us off of our stride, and we're not where we need to be, but he has the ability to find us where we are and put us back where we need to be. Amen. Oh, I believe that's what God wants to do in this place tonight. Come on, somebody. God wants to restore. He wants to pick you up off of the side of the road where life has knocked you and put you back into circulation. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, do it tonight. Restore unto me the joy. Restore unto me, Lord, the years that the canker worm hath devoured. Amen. Put us back in circulation. Put us up again. Put us on our feet tonight. Amen. This is such a 
a difficult time of year for a lot of folks. It's supposed to be a time of joy. But sometimes this is the heaviest season of the year for so many reasons. Burdens of the past year that are still dragging along behind us and we're not through with the year yet. If we could just get to the new year, we could think, well, this is going to be, we can make it. It's like the songwriter said of old, if I can make it through December, everything's going to be all right, I know. Amen. And that's, it. Where we're wore out. Some of you are wore out tonight spiritually because you've been fighting and struggling and life has hit you every way that it could possibly hit you and pressures and frustrations and aggravations and annoyances and Am I talking to anybody yet? Distractions, just everything, disturbances in our life that could do whatever is possible to knock us out of our place and put us on our heels. And God's word is that he will restore, restore the joy. God, that was one hope that David had of God. Whatever he had done to mess his life up, there was one hope that he held out that God could put it back together. And I'm thankful that God still can do that tonight. Amen. I don't care how messed up you feel right now. God has the ability to pick up every piece and put it right back where it belongs. He can make it over again another vessel. Amen. Doesn't matter how many times you've fallen down. God has the ability to pick you back up and put you back in the race. Amen. Somebody ought to thank Him for that right now. Somebody ought to thank Him that He can put you up again. He can stand you on your feet again and put you in the right place. Amen. He can rescue you. When life just wears you down to a nub, He can rescue you. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here right now. Amen. Anybody thankful for his presence that's here right now? Amen. Why don't you praise him one more time and thank him for that? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Well, I'm going to try to talk to you a little while from the word of the Lord. If you've got a mind for it and a heart to receive it. Let's go to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. I, I am hoping with the coming new year to spend some time in Daniel. I don't know that I've ever spent a protracted amount of preaching time in Daniel. But over the last couple of months, there is something about this uh, book that has intrigued me because it has such close parallels to what we are living through right now. And I don't want to jump into the middle of it tonight and mess it up, but I do want to talk to you for just a few moments tonight out of Daniel chapter 3. And I know that this is so familiar to some of you that have been around the church any length of time that you're going to If you're not careful, you're going to turn me off before you ever hear me out. But listen to me for just a few moments. Daniel chapter 3 and verse number 16 says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, 
O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us. Amen. I love that. Our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of the hand, out of thine hand, O King. But if not, but if not, but if not, but if not, if He doesn't do what I think He's going to do, Be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Amen. What a perspective. Amen. What a perspective. I want to talk to you for a a little while about living with the right perspective. Amen. Everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. What an amazing story the book of Daniel unfolds to the reader of not one but four young men in particular who found themselves in an extremely hostile culture that was contradictory to everything that they believed and represented. And yet in spite of that culture that they were living in, these young men found a way to take a stand and make a stand. And I think it speaks volumes to all of us tonight. Finding our way in a culture that is becoming more and more hostile to everything that we believe is very critical tonight. Not only finding our way, but standing strong in the midst of all of the pressures and all of the stress that that can bring upon a person Truly, the story of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys is one for all of us to consider. What do you really believe is at the bottom of everything that matters today? What do you believe? When I ask some people that question, they immediately begin to spout off some doctrinal idea or some doctrinal thought, but that is not what I'm asking for. The confidence that you put your life in tonight, what is that? When you're living under pressure like these young men were, and they were living under pressure, they were taken from their home and placed in this captivity and their names were changed and their clothes were changed and 
I do understand that there were some things that these young men were willing to go along with. They were not, uh, they, they did not fight those things, but there were some things that they would not change their stance on. There were some things that they would not turn away from. And the bottom line is when you read the book of Daniel, you find out that when you are living under pressure, what you must have in such circumstances are principles that are greater than your pressures. Whatever those pressures might be that are against you, that there are principles that undergird your life that no matter what kind of pressure is placed on you, you do not bend or bow or buckle or give in or compromise or lose courage or lose your faith. But you can stand, and they did stand. What an amazing story that Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have to tell us that living under the pressures that they lived under, there were certain principles that governed their life. What amazing thing for all of us to consider is that principles are what help get us through, not just precepts. Amen. Do you understand what I just said? Precepts are those things like the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's a great precept, but there better be some principles that undergird that precept. And those principles will help keep you standing even when your precepts are being dismantled by all of the, 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 the educated, so-called educated uh, people who are around you that are trying to unravel your faith, there are certain principles that will keep you standing no matter what happens. Knowledge of their God was all that they had, just that he was who he was and he had always been and he would always be. That's all that they had. They didn't have a church to go to on Sunday to help prop them up and say, come on, boys, you can make it through this. They didn't have a Sunday school class to sit in or teachers to lecture them or remind them. All they had was the knowledge in their mind of who he was and what he had been. And that was enough. Amen. That was enough. And so here they are in the midst of this very difficult situation. And what a story they tell. You know, we see their story from a different perspective, and we've read the whole book, and so we know how it ends. And sometimes because of that, we become a little jaded, and sometimes we become a little skeptical, even in those circumstances. But these boys were living through it. They were in it. It wasn't something that they knew what the outcome was going to be. There were just certain things that they were determined that they were going to do. We know how it ends, but they didn't. At that point in time, they didn't know what the outcome was going to be. They didn't know the Lord was going to be there in that furnace. They, they didn't know that. They knew what he was capable of doing. They knew what he was able to do, but they didn't really know that for sure. All they had was a 
confidence that he had been their God and he was going to continue to be their God. And so they lived through it. It was real to them and the pressures were real. And there's something so empowering about their words in our text that are, it's, it's liberating in, in a sense when you really delve into the depth of faith that these young men had in their God. These men faced a crisis where their faith was so severely tested that who could have believed or understood what the outcome would be in a culture that was hostile to their spiritual values and every day those values were being challenged openly. The pressures that were placed upon them to to conform to the world that they were living in was great. There was peer pressure. There was the every, everybody they were living around, but more than that, there was fear pressure. And I've come to understand that there's some things more powerful than peer pressure, and that's fear pressure. When you, when you understand that there are certain consequences to these decisions that you make, there's a fear that comes in to the living of life. And these young men knew what that Fear pressure was. They knew what it was when confronted by the king about their actions and about their choice to not bow. They were unbending and they had an immediate response. And their response was an amazing perspective on life. Not just for that moment, but I think for their whole life. It was an amazing perspective on their situation and their trust in God. They said confidently, our God that we serve is able. Amen. What a comforting thought to know that God is able. They had a confidence in God that no matter what the situation was, He was greater than the situation. There was Nothing superficial about this in their spirit. They were solid convictions that God was able. They believed that God could do anything. That He could do anything anywhere. He could do anything anytime. He was able to do. As the writer of the New Testament said, exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. They lived with the perspective that God is able. That's a great way to live. God is able. Say it with me. God is able. Whether you need mercy or not, God is able. Whether you need help or not, God is able. Whether you need strength or not, God is able. Whether you're being tempted or not, God is able. Whether you know whether you're saved or not, God is able to keep that which you have committed unto Him against that day. Whether you know whether you're going to make it or not, you know that God is able. God is able. Amen. What a tremendous dimension of faith to say that God is able. He can do anything. Say that with me. God can do anything. One of the things that's been in my mind over the last month, just considering the Christmas story, is what the Lord said to uh, Elizabeth. I believe it was, uh, or Zechariah, that nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing, nothing. 
What an amazing way to live with that perspective that whatever you face, God's able. Amen. God's able. God's able. And you know what? There's a lot of people that reach that dimension of faith, that they, they live with that confidence that whatever they run into, God is able. Amen. Doesn't matter how tough the test is, God is able. But they went a little further than that. And this is what amazes me. This was the perspective that I really wanted to focus your attention on for a few moments. They said, God is able. But if not, if not, we're still not bowing and we're still not bending. If not, the real secret of their faith was found here in this statement, if not. Because these three words literally made their faith fireproof. That no matter what came down the road, nothing was going to stop young men of this caliber. For it declares something about their confidence in God. And this is what just got a hold of me today when I began to look at this again. That their faith was not based upon God's performance. Their confidence was not based on what God could do for them. That's an amazing thing. Because many people, many of us, our faith is based on what God does for us. If God answers our prayer, if the blessings flow our way, if God takes care of our problems... If he answers all of our prayers, if he meets all of our needs, if he takes care of our enemies, our faith is based upon what God does for us. But do do you understand that there is a dimension of faith that is based on what God doesn't do for us? That if God doesn't answer my prayer, and he doesn't fix my problem, and he doesn't resolve my conflict, he's still my God. I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to worship him. If God gets me out of this mess or not, not, it doesn't make any difference to me. I know that he can, and I know that he is able And I know I have a feeling in my heart that he will. But if for some reason he chooses to not do that, I'm still going to serve him. Their faith was based not on what he did for them or he didn't do for them. Their faith was based on who he was. Amen. He's God. He knows. If this is the end of my life, then let me go out in a blaze of glory. Amen. You see, that's where we get in trouble with God, is that we want him to be God over certain things, but we don't want him to be God over our destiny many times because we want to determine our destiny. We we think we know, God, I could serve you a whole lot better if I didn't have to deal with this problem. If I didn't have this thorn in my flesh, I could be a much better worshiper. 
If I didn't have these problems weighing me down, I'd come shouting in the back doors every service. They'd have to put chains on me to stop me from running the aisles. But because I've got problems and I've got troubles that I can't seem to get out of or get past, sometimes that limits what we do for him in our times of trouble. And these old boys said, you know what, God, we know you're able. And we feel like you will. But if you don't, I'm still going to come shouting through those back doors. I'm going to show up Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I don't, it doesn't matter what happens. My life is not based on what you do for me. My life is based on who you are. And you know my life. And if this is the end, let it be the end. But let my confidence not be in what you do for me, but in the fact of who you are. Amen. Can we say that tonight in the face of what we're dealing with right now? God is able, but if not, if that job doesn't come through and that prayer doesn't get answered, And that devil doesn't go away. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You're still going to see me shouting. You're still going to see me rejoicing. You're still going to see me serving him. You're still going to see me in service with my hands lifted when I can get them up. I wish I could get both of my hands up tonight. Some of you got two good limbs and you can't get them up right now, but you ought to get them up because God is able to do anything. But if God chooses to do nothing, He's still God over your life and God over your situation. And if you let Him be God, He'll always do what's best for your life. He'll always bring you through. He will. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. When failures come, when a bad report comes, stood by the bedside of a good man this afternoon, the doctor's telling him he has stage four cancer and that it's spread into his bones. When he left, all I could say is, you know what? My faith is not based on a report. My faith is based on Him. He is my healer. But you know what? If He chooses to not heal my body, He's still my God. And I'm going to serve Him. Amen. If He doesn't answer my prayer, if He doesn't work it out the way I want Him to work it out, that's not going to change one way about how I serve Him, about whether I'm faithful to Him or whether I consider Him to be the Lord over my life. I'm still going to honor Him. I'm still going to serve Him. I'm still going to worship Him. Whether He answers my prayer or meets my needs or resolves my problems. Man, what a dimension. Can we serve Him if He does not? Can you still rejoice in your God 
not in your situation. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I'm not rejoicing because I got the promotion. I'm not rejoicing because I have the possibility of getting a promotion. I am rejoicing because I am a child of the King. I am rejoicing tonight because He is my God. And He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think. And if God chooses, He can get me out. And if He chooses to not get me out, I'm still going to go through. Amen. I'm still going to make it. Can you still praise Him if He does not deliver you from the furnace of your life's problems? Can you still praise Him? Amen. Can you still worship Him? Some of you are struggling with that right now, and I can feel it. It was the attitude of Job when faced with his own set of troubles. He said this, Though he slay me, Yet will I trust him. It was what Esther said when she came to that critical moment in her life in a troubled world when so much was at stake and she was being asked to go before the king. This was her statement. If I perish, I perish. Amen. Praise God. What a dimension. When our faith is not built upon what he does for us, but just on who he is. Amen. I can serve him much better when I base my faith on that perspective. When my faith is not built on his performance, but upon his presence. God, if you're just with me, I can go through it. Amen. If, if I've got your presence, that's all that I need. That's what we sang about. Isn't the name of Jesus wonderful? We were talking about a presence that's going to go with us through the storm and the trouble. So it doesn't matter what comes. There are many people who falter in life and they fall out of the way because God doesn't answer a prayer or He doesn't solve a problem. But what a way to live when you can say the Lord is able the Lord is able. The Lord is able. He is able. I know He is, and I, I know that He will, but if not, I'm still not bowing. Amen. I'm still not bending. I'm still not giving in. I wonder tonight whether we need that kind of faith in this hour. Amen. There are victories that are won not in the furnace. That's not where their victory was won. When we look at this story, it's easy for us to shout about what happened in that furnace. And there was a lot that happened in the furnace. The Bible says that when the three were thrown into the fire, there were four that were seen there. And the great part about it, and I've told you this before, but only three came out. There's one that's still in that fire. Amen. So if I find myself there, I need to look around. Somebody's already been there waiting on me to get there. Amen. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And the Bible said that the fire burned with a discriminating grace. It only burned off of them what bound them. Woo! 
I think we need that kind of fire right now. Amen. Maybe we need to go into the furnace because we got some stuff binding us up right now. Carnality. Flesh. Amen. Oh, I'm not beating around the bush right now. I'm, I'm beating the bush. Amen. We need that fire to burn, but the only thing it did was burn away what found them so that they walked about in the fire. Amen. And then when they came out, they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. Man. What a way to go. What a, You think, well, that's the victory right there. But no, the victory was won long before that when they said, but if not. Amen. That's where the victory was won. When you leave the outcome to God, I know what I want. I know what my heart wants. I know what my soul desires, but I don't see as far down the road as God sees. And I don't know what all he's trying to work out. But whatever it is, Lord, whatever comes, if you answer my prayer or if you don't answer my prayer, I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to worship you. I'm going to shout. I'm going to rejoice in the God of my salvation. Hallelujah. I'm not doing it because of what you're doing for me. I'm doing it because of who you are. You are God alone. From before time began, God upon the throne. Amen. That's what we need is a perspective. That's the right perspective for the hour that we live in. Oh, I want God to answer all my prayers. And I believe God can answer all my prayers. But I have lived long enough to tell you that he has not answered all of my prayers. He has not fixed all my problems. I've had to live through some of them. Some of them I needed to live through because they taught me some lessons that hopefully I won't have to go back and relearn. That's why some of you are in a furnace right now because God's trying to teach you some things about life that your life is not dependent upon the things that you think it's dependent on. It's dependent upon Him and Him alone. Amen. God puts up and he takes down. And though I would like to orchestrate my life so that everything works out the way that I want it to work out and and I want to pray and I want to have such strong faith that every prayer I pray God answers. But you know what? I found there's a stronger faith than that. Now you think, that's crazy, brother. There's no stronger faith than the faith that prays and and every prayer is answered. Yes, there's a faith that's stronger than that. There's a faith that's so strong that even when God does not answer me, I'm still going to believe Him. I'm still going to trust Him. I'm still going to know that He's able. If He chooses to, He can do it right now. He can turn it around at this moment. But if He chooses not, He's still God. And that's... Who I serve, not my blessings, not my benefits that come from living for God, but I serve Him. Amen. What a perspective. God is able, and we feel like He will, but if not, Amen. Do you have
have that dimension of faith right now? Do you need that dimension of faith? You know what? I promise you, I feel a release in the Holy Ghost right now. I just feel like something would be released in some of you if you would just take your hands away from whatever it is you're trying to manipulate and massage and make work and happen, and you're going to push it through because that's just your personality. To, you, you just, you're going to make it happen if you just take your hands off of it and say, God, you're God alone. You don't need my help. You don't need my input. You don't need my advice. You're God. You decide. You choose the outcome of my life. And let God orchestrate. You know what I find out? When I live like that, there's a protection that comes to life that you will not find in any other dimension of living for God. That when you can reach that place in life where you say, God, I know that you're able, I believe you're able, but if not, I still will serve you, I'm going to praise you, I'm going to be faithful, I'm going to honor you, I'm going to give, I'm going to do everything I've always done. It's not going to change one feeling that I have toward you. There's a protection that comes with that kind of faith. Amen. There's a, there's a power that comes with that kind of faith. That no matter what comes, the Lord didn't stop the fire from burning. He didn't stop them from going in. He let them go all the way into the furnace. And he let it burn all around them. He just didn't let it burn them. He put dimensions on it. <laughs> Whoa, what, a, my, what an awesome God. That he can let you walk right through that mess and, and not even be phased by it. That you can keep going right through all of that trouble and it not take anything away from you other than the things that you don't need. It just looses you to be the, the, the child that you're supposed to be. It looses you to be the worshiper that God made you to be. That's all that he does. He just takes away what you don't need. And you let him be God. Amen. God is able. Our God is able. Amen. Say it with me. Our God is able. But if not, amen. Praise God. Some of you are struggling with that right now. <laughs> it's like it gets right there to your teeth and you can't get it out. You need to say it. But if not. I've had to learn how to live with some if nots in my life. Amen. And you know what? I'm still here. <laughs> Amen. I'm still standing. I might have bruises and cuts and a few breaks. I might look a little more worn than I was a few years ago. I saw a picture the other day. It made me go back a few years where there was hair and, and it was colored the right color and in the right place and all of that. But you know what? I don't think I would want to go back and change one thing. Man, it's not always been what I've wanted, but it's been what he has wanted. 
And I want to learn how to worship him, whether he comes through or not. Amen. Whether it works out or not, whether God fixes this or not, it's not going to change the way I worship him. It doesn't change the fact that my confidence is still in him and him alone. Amen. Stand with me.